What's up, everybody? This is episode 84 of Cooldown Time. In this episode, our end-of-year coverage continues with our big Nintendo 2022 review, plus God of War Ragnarok news, Bayonetta 4, and much more. Uh, so let's go ahead and introduce uh, your two-man team for the show. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me is the technical mess of the show, Pablo. Pablo, what's going on with you, man? Everything's going well. Uh, for those of you listening to, obviously, can't listen to before because you guys aren't time travelers. Uh, but hope you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. Um, How did you get for the those time who's... travel immediately? Because I was saying, if you listen, I was going to say, if you listen to this before, you can't listen to this before There's Thanksgiving. No way. We don't have a Patreon. So, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. Happy, hope you guys enjoy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate. And for those who don't celebrate, you guys are so lucky because I got to go to like. It's like a job on Thanksgiving. I had to go to like three different houses to show really? face now that I have. Well, I was like two of them in my. In laws and thing. stuff like that? Or? The in laws, my parents, and my sister's doing the thing. And because I have a baby now, they all want to sh- share the memory with the child. The child's not going to remember a goddamn thing. He's a goddamn baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's every year. It's in and out. Ever since, uh, you know, been with my wife for over a decade. And, you know, her, I have a. Yeah, my family does a lot for Thanksgiving. Her family does a lot for Thanksgiving, important things. So we kind of split it. You know, I think a year we had it all together when it was our wedding where we actually had that as a rehearsal dinner. Uh, so that was fun. But that was insane because uh, we have huge, massive Latino families. Mm. They don't know what a condom means. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, other than that, I'm doing great. Ready to talk some games deep into the video game stuff. Playing a lot of my uh, Game of the Year games now, now that I've gotten God of War out the way. So super excited to finish those up. It's a lot going on, man. Exciting how, times. How did you go from condoms to, yeah, and excited to talk about video games also. <laughs> what is well, going you know, on? Just, oh, man. Video games are fun. Having the sex is fun. Okay, you know, well. Just fun times. I don't disagree. I mean, that's true. I mean, I just I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not understanding your train of thought, man. You just you just a wild boy. I don't have. I'm a technical mess, man. I don't have a train this of is, thought. This is I true. Have a jet this of is... thought. <laughs> Ain't lied yet. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You, well, you know what though, you, you do have like now you have an excuse moving forward though. Like you can blame it on the baby. Yeah. Like, that is what. That's one thing about parenthood you can definitely start using now. Everything can be. Your baby's fault, and and yeah, your baby don't you, know nothing. But funny enough, though, early on, like right now, my baby's going through some sleep regression stuff. Everything is the baby's goddamn fault. Like mm. that man completely throw a wrench in, in, in everything all the time. Uh, well, now but you, well, I what I'm saying is now you don't have to go to seventy two different Thanksgiving dinners in the future. Now you can say, oh, oh no, 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 the he, future, he's... the future is looking bright because I okay. mean that that child is gonna, you know. Seasonal flu is going to happen quite a bit to that kid, apparently. Because wow. uh, <laughs> oh, he's not feeling well. <laughs> <laughs> Stuffy nose. Pablo's going to be out trying to give him the flu on purpose. <laughs> hey, can you sneeze on my baby? Can you do that real quick? Um, but uh, nevertheless, uh, you were right earlier uh, about condoms, about sex, and about our show uh, being a good one this week. Uh, we have really a wrong. lot of stuff to cover. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to our show if you haven't already so you don't miss out 
on uh, more episodes in the future. Run Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, our official website at cooldowntime.com. Plus, if you're feeling extra cool, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Hive uh, if you want to stay in our FOV in between episodes. Um, So, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the first segment of the show devoted to the games we've been playing since you last heard from us that we call loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, man. So uh, we have a pretty eclectic list of things to talk about this week. Uh, some of these are kind of continuations from games we've talked about in the past, and some of them are some uh, some some new things. Um, I want to kick it over to you first because um, I'm I'm very curious to hear some of your newer thoughts about uh, some of the games that you've been playing. So why don't I turn yeah. it over to you first? What do you got? Well, I'm playing right now, uh, Pokemon Scarlet. Uh, between Scarlet and Violet, I picked the Scarlet because uh, uh, of the hot professor. Mm-hmm. I'm, okay. I am, so. I am disgusting. I am so sorry, guys. Uh, but anyway, listen. Uh, let's get the elephant of the room out of out of the way here with Pokemon uh, Scarlet. Uh, it is everything you've heard about the game in terms of how it runs. It is absolutely true. Uh, there, this game just runs terribly just throughout. Uh, Did you see the, memory- uh, the Digital Foundry video? No, I, I mean, Oof. I was well, to sit through them just shitting on the game. I mean, they're oh, usually yeah. pretty positive. Did they find positive things to talk about? Not really. No, Good. no. Good. They, they should they take really, that game to task. They picked that game apart. Even compared to Arceus, they were like, this is bad. <laughs> Look, I, one of the things I want to say is I think that this game, even when it's chugging, or at least when with its performance issues, looks better than Arceus, but that's a trade-off. Arceus looked worse, but it did have its issues, just not as bad as this game. I mean, this game, mm-hmm. there are times where this game, I think, I don't know for a fact, but I I wouldn't be surprised if it drops at about 5 or 10 frames per uh, while you're yeah. doing specific things, especially um, in battles. It, it's a whole... Did they, did they touch on the memory leak stuff? They said some stuff about CPU uh, issues yeah. or something like that, but that kind of goes over my head a little bit, so I couldn't follow along. Yeah, the, the the main culprit, it seems, is memory leak. Basically, the game is taking up unused space on your Switch, and then it's slowing mm-hmm. the game down. Every time it's happened to me, I've turned off the game, reset it, turned back on, and it seems to work. And it isn't like it happens every five minutes. It, it You know, it's far and few between in terms of when this ha- it's happening. But at first, the game opened up pretty nicely. Presentation is an all-time high. I think that this is probably visually the best-looking Pokemon game in terms of its cutscenes and things like that. And I think the art style, specifically when it comes to certain areas, is very beautiful. When you start the game, you start in your room like you start in all Pokemon games, and that looks the best that I've ever seen. It, that, that, that was an indication to me of like how the game is going to be. I was going to be completely dumbfounded by how incredible it looks but unfortunately a lot of the surrounding areas don't have that detail of of that detail of polish unfortunately mm-hmm. but it is what it is it's it is it, it's expected um but you know all in all my 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 thing with this game is that it feels really fun to play the moment to moment gameplay is fun i think that they've it's a culmination of all the small improvements that they've done throughout all the mainline Pokemon games, including what they did with Arceus, and they've put it into this game, and it's finally like the game that was promised many, many, many years ago, mm. uh, and in that way, I think that the game is actually pretty fantastic. Um, it, it does things with this open world that is a little bit misleading. I think it's another promise for a future that we're going to see. That is, it is an open world game, and it, you can, in fact, I guess 
in, in quotation marks, do anything in any way you want, except there's no level scaling. So not really. You can go north of the map and just get your hand, your ass completely handed to you by just the field Pokemon because they're at level 50 and you have a oh, level yeah. 10 Pokemon. So there's not, there's, you really can't do that. Um, it's blocked off by its lack of level scaling, but I think that the promise of that is there. And I think eventually we'll see that in future Pokemon games. I will say the future of Pokemon games is actually pretty exciting more, more so than, than, than after uh, how I felt about Arceus, because everything that this game does, it does well. It just, except the performance stuff that stuff really brings it down to a point where i at first i thought that i don't know if, i don't think you pulled the trigger on it no, um no. and I, I at first i was like you know i'm gonna really hard recommend this to marco because i think he would get over all these things because of uh, ooh, how much he enjoyed arceus but it just gets worse man it, it really just gets worse and it's a shame because i just want to keep playing the game i, I want to keep catching pokemon i, I like the story i, I like the, the the gym battles the the gym thing the things that you have to do before you battle i like all that stuff i think that stuff is really fun uh, to do but unfortunately it's hampered by these aggressive performance issues that just really don't let you play the game at, at times i i don't think that the game is outright unplayable but it just gets to a point where I lose a lot of interest pretty quickly when I have to, okay, now I have to restart the game again. It just, it, it's it's a bad way to play a game right now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what they'll do. I don't know what Digital Foundry said in terms of how fixable this is. Uh, you know, Game Freak isn't specifically a game or a company known to, to put out a lot of patch uh, patches to fix games. Though, if this is as easy as fixing, or not easy, but if it's isolated in, uh, issue with the memory leak, I would assume they would. But that kind of brings me to my last point here when it comes to this is Nintendo would never put out one of their games in this state. But because this is kind of a partnered first party game, it's weird that they did and they allowed it. They did publish the game. Um, But I thought about it. This is when creativeness meets money. Because why would Game Freak put an additional year onto this game, additional manpower, spending more money, if they just release the game now, it'll probably become one of the best-selling games of the year, regardless, because of, of the power mm-hmm. of Pokemon. So it, it's kind of a sad state of affairs when you look at it that way. But ultimately, for me, um, I, I, I'm going to keep playing the game because I'm already invested in the game itself. Uh, but I would say for a game for a person like you, Marco, who is very much sensitive to a lot of the performance stuff, even though it's a Switch game, and unfortunately we, as as fans of of pokemon games and fans of the switch console in general we tend to kind of give them a little bit of an excuse for certain aspects of the game sure but this it's gotten to a point here where yes the hardware is a problem but this is definitely something that was caused by lack of know-how or time Mm -hmm. or or people when it comes to game freaks development on on the game itself so it's a really fun game to play i think everything you expect from a pokemon game and 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 it's it it's all here, but sadly for me, it just runs like pure ass, and it is a hard game to really, really sit down and, and, and get into because of these things keep you know showing up. Not to mention the pop and stuff. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's dreadful. I've seen videos uh, of that. That that any any percentage of me that's like maybe I'll still try it. Whenever I see videos and I see that the the the, uh, the log yeah. issues coming in, I'm like, oh, that's horrible. I can't do that. Yeah. It, it's an open world game, and, and and signposting is a little problematic. So you have to actually read the signs in game, and then those signs usually don't 
fucking pop up and mm-hmm. then when they do it's like you're standing there for a while you know it's a lot of that um but man also the starter pokemon are kind of lame i I picked fue coco which is probably the best one out of all of them but his evolutions are are all bad uh but other than that the pokemon of this game are actually really interesting mm-hmm. and really good they're, they're a lot more closer to their counterpart their animal counterpart you know, like LeChonk looks like an actual pig and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But um, I, I like the generation of Pokemon. I, I think it's one of the better ones for sure. But ultimately, uh, you know, a lot about this game is not working right. And, and that's yeah. a shame. I, I, they need to fix it. Yeah, the only way I'll buy it is if they patch it. Um, I in, yeah. in, in, I know Game Freak is not usually the type to do that. But um, I think this has had a lot more publicity than... Yeah most games do when they have bad performance like this isn't quite like cyberpunk bad um but it is like memeing it is like you know it is like capturing the internet it is something that people are laughing at and angry at at the same time and it just isn't going away um and that's what happens when you take the you know arguably the biggest franchise in the world and put a bad performing game you know in our hands and say here you are you know like you're going to get some attention, and it's not going to be fun. So I think if there was ever a time to break their protocol of let's not update our game, <laughs> like this would be the yeah, time for sure. to do that because you have time. It's still you know you're, you're still coming into holidays. You have you're running no risk of people not buying this game, so you, you don't stand any, to lose anything. But no, you have bad reviews out there. Like your 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 discourse about your game is not great. So. Even if it's just one patch that fixes yeah. half of the issues, I think that would still be enough of a win for me to step in and go, okay, I'll yeah, now I'll it, play the game. But as there is, is a, I just can't justify that. I agree. There is a 9 out of 10, even a possible, within the context of a Pokemon game, a 10 out of 10 game here. There really is. I mm-hmm. mean, look, I, I, I've just said that there are moments in this game that are, are downright, like, just unbearable and yet i'm forging through it because i like i like the game itself and so it, it's 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 unfortunate it has climbed a little bit in metacritic since it's 74 it's at 77 now some major publications still haven't published their reviews so that that's still uh mm-hmm. you know that's to be seen still um i think it has like the lowest amount of reviews in terms of a total when you compare to I the triple some games. people but, were waiting on uh, some online functionality which I think wasn't available during the review so yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that might be what's and, happening and also some some um, main, mainline um, some mainline uh, companies didn't get their copy till the day of uh, oh, the fun. Game Freak really focused on YouTube like uh, John plays and all that stuff to really kind of push the game because they know mm. they know those guys are so their whole channel is so centric on Pokemon that they are probably not going to complete shit on it, though some have, you know, which is good for them calling out um, on Game Freak on that. But um, we'll see what happens here in the future. I I think that I, I agree. I think it is essential for them to fix this game, at least, like you said, half of the stuff. Because if this is the game and they're just going to leave it like this, that is unprecedented and also wild. Just completely wild. You can just fix this game and make and also just Game Freak has to can't. Release two games in a calendar year like this. They don't have the manpower, and th- yeah. that's clearly seen by here. You know, uh, shown by all this. And and I know it's hard to make video games, and I agree with all that. But you don't have to release the game. Nintendo should have stepped in and been like, "This ain't it." But it is what it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, it, I just think it's a bad time to bury your head in the sand in this type of era where people are going to be outspoken and, and kind of lash out against you if you put games out that are this poor quality. But that is kind of the calling card of Nintendo and the Pokemon company at times. Let's just bury our heads in the sand. What? Let's put this out, even though we know it could be better. And let's just make money anyway. Yeah. And that's well, it sucks. I, I- at least when it comes to their exclusive games and not made by them, because I don't, I, I've never seen a game, a first party game by Nintendo, like a Zelda or a Mario or mm-hmm. a Mario Kart or run horrible ever, ever. Yeah. And uh, the fact that this, these so far two examples, Bayonetta and, and, um, and, um, and Pokemon Scarlet coming out and, and being this bad and them being exclusive games, is it, I guess Nintendo don't really give a shit that much. <laughs> They're like, all right, cool, yeah, exclusive. That's cool, man. Uh, just go ahead and release the game there over there. Put it in that quarter. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but there yeah. you go. That's Nintendo for you. We'll talk about them a little later on, though. We got things to say. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so um, I'm also playing, and I mentioned this last game quite a little bit. I just kind of wanted to put it on record here. Vampire Survivors is one of the best games of 2022. Um, it is. It has no business being as addictive, but also as as good as it is. You know, it, there, there's something to be said about pure fun and just this is it, like times ten. Like, it, I'm not a fan of these kind of games. Uh, whatever these kind of games are, like. I, just not my thing but it they, they this game is it's passive right you're just moving the guy around yeah, right and, then every, you and then you're you're pick you're picking your 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 uh your upgrades and how your best play style you think would be what certain things would work the best and yet that works so beautiful like i i mean i i'm a huge fan of the garlic and the thing around i think that's the kind of the best build garlic fireball and mm. the magic uh, uh increasing that I I love to see my time tick up. I'm trying to get to, to to 20 minutes here, and it is it is it's just addictive. It really yeah. is a game where you pick up and it's like oh, I want to keep playing. I want to keep playing. I want to keep playing because it is just pure fun. And I just kind of wanted to put that out there on record. Vampire Survivors is just a delight to play, man. It is on Game Pass. I know Marco's uh, is has been really big into it. Oh yeah, it's got fantastic reviews. I know that I'm not alone at 88 at Open Critic, though that doesn't really mean much. But it just goes to show a game like this, a game that that from the outside looking, it looks like a a a it looks like a mobile game almost. It just looks so. This presentation is so mm-hmm. kind of like weird and, and so cheap looking, but the game is of quality and it's absolutely fantastic, and I love it and I recommend it to absolutely everybody if you like fun if you're a fan of fun play <laughs> vampire survivors because it is a it is a hell of a game it is a blast there's no there's no time i've ever played vampire survivors where i felt any kind of lull or anything anytime yeah. i've been taken off of vampire survivors because i gotta play something else or i gotta go to work or some shit like that mm-hmm. so uh i could be playing this game all day and sometimes i do uh i know shame in admitting that uh but yeah this that's vampire survivors it's legit yeah. dude it, this one i mean i thought Here's what I thought was going to happen to me. I thought when I have that one good run, I'm going to say, oh, all right, well, I've, I've, I've reached the top of the mountain. I'm, I'm done. But it just brought me back again. I'm like, oh, I got to do that back on this map. Now I want to have that kind of yeah, run on yeah, this yeah. one. And so it just keeps going and going. And with the arsenal of all these automated weapons and things you can do, um, whether it's you know the spinning Bibles or the garlic that the icon looks like yeah. a pair of testicles. I don't care what anybody says. It, it, looks, it looks like straight up testes. 
Um, yep. Ladies and nuts. Man, that game is crack. And uh, Who do you use? I use Poe. He's the old guy with the with the stick. He's the one that has the garlic as his first uh, his first ability. And I just yeah, walk yeah. into people. I just walk. It was just walking into people, shoulder checking them, and 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 taking I, lives and, I lo- and getting all them gems. And it's been fun. I like um, Amilda because of her uh, magic powers mm. that she starts off with. I like that. Yeah. And I, I, I like use to I use that, that one a lot. I use that one a lot in yeah. the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Fun game, but, man. Yeah, yeah. Fun game. It's a game you don't really expect to be talking about, but I think we'll be talking about it a lot as the year comes uh, comes up. And I, I, I yeah. We got robbed of the Game Awards. I'll just say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about yeah. that more, dude, it was like, was there only like 10 games that got nominated or something? Like, it's weird. Yeah, something like that. There's something, something off about those nominations, man. But we, we talked about that last week, but it's still just, it's sitting it's sitting funny with me a little bit to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Let me go ahead and tag in here. Um, I want to start with um, a point-and-click adventure game. Oh, um, I'm excited for this. Norco. Um, this one uh, is one of the highest rated games of the year. If you go on Open Critic or Metacritic, you'll see it's pretty up there. It is. Uh, it is what? 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 what I just. I, I just. I, I think I know you long enough to I know where you're going with this. I don't think maybe you you'll do. surprise me. Maybe you'll surprise me. I don't think you do. Um, it is a game that um, man. It is. It's such a weird premise, but it's uh, it's set in. Uh, Norco, Louisiana. It is a futuristic uh, southern sci-fi point-and-click adventure. Is basically what it is. Um, it is very wall, strange. Throw it at the wall. It is a lot of things, and uh, it is. Um, it is a game. Have you tried it, by the way? No. Okay. I just haven't been able to. I don't have. To, I, I think you're gonna love it. it. I think you're gonna okay. absolutely love it because I'm actually really enjoying it myself. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely not what I thought. I thought you were going to be like, it is the highest rated game of the year, and I don't understand why. I thought that's where you are going. <laughs> no, so the, the thing is, is um, it starts off in a way that I'm not a fan of uh, when it comes to these like very uppity storytelling games where it, it kind of picks up as like things are in progress and it doesn't really introduce you to the world in a very nice way. Uh, it just, things are already in motion and you just kind of have to assemble the facts and details of where you are, what's going on kind of in real time. So if you like that kind of storytelling, um, it's, it's, it's a great starting point. But for me, I like something that's a little bit more on the literal side of like, okay, here's where you are. This is what happened. And here's what we're going to do now. Um, I've gotten to the point now in the game, uh, which it doesn't take super long to figure it all out. But I got to the point now where I know kind of the, the lay of the land and I know what I got to do. Um, and I've also simultaneously gotten a feel for the dialogue narrative style um the pacing and kind of just the the general ebb and flow of the game and i find it really interesting it's a it's a mix of very highbrowed like you know state of the world kind of social commentary sort of thing mixed with a little bit of lightheartedness and a lot of like you know uh family driven storytelling of somebody mm-hmm. that that you know comes home after x amount of years and and mom's de- mom died and brother is you know kind of on the fringe and you're kind of reassembling not only what happened while you were gone but kind of you know, trying to reconnect with your brother again. So it's this family tale at the same time. It, it's spinning a lot of plates. 
Yeah. All while doing this very sci-fi stuff at the same time, but it just kind of works. And that and I wish I could say it in a more eloquent way, but all those narrative pieces come together really well so far. Um in a way that's that's just kind of keeping me going and um I'm just kind of stumbling through it going I feel like I should have dropped off this by now but I can't put it down right now I guess I still want to see where this goes and so I'm just kind of riding that wave at this point you know I don't know if it's a game that I'll finish because traditionally point and click adventure games generally aren't for me but there's just something very oddly interesting that I just can't pry myself away from about this game um, that I find really um, fascinating uh, from the dialogue to just the um, the pixel art and the music and the atmosphere, I think are really, really good stuff. And um, it's it's doing things for me that most point and click games don't do. Um, so so I, I think if I guess if I'm recommending this to anybody is it. If you need a more literal story of, you know, very obvious story beats of this is what we're doing, we're going here, we're going there, and this is going to happen. This is probably not for you. Um, it's not as obtuse as like a Disco Elysium is, but it has some of that that mystique kind of thing of inferred or implied storytelling and assembling the pieces of the narrative yourself as you go. Um, it does try to help you with some diagram stuff of like, this is this person's relationship with this person. And, you know, it has those kinds of things, but, um, a lot of it is just kind of figured out on your own and, and, and go where it takes you. Um, and if you like that, you'll love this for sure. I don't know nothing about this game at all. Um, but will, what kind of game is a point and click game? But how is it point and click? Is it a traditional point and click, like legitimately moving the mouse, or yep. is it like one of those point and click adventures where you can actually move a character through? There's a space? no character movement. It is a okay. It is a right. screen. It's like a still frame. There's some animations of you know you know people around in an area, but you literally have to take your cursor, click on the person, okay. yeah. and you have dialogue no, options and blah blah blah. So it is a yeah. very like traditional point and click adventure for sure, which I love. Yes, which I love the kind of stuff. Like I, I did play Return to Monkey Island. That's actually you know a little mm. bit more the future advanced more of that, of that yeah. genre. Yeah, yeah, because you move a character in space and 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 so so. But either one of those point and click adventure games are mm. are usually really good. So I, I'm 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 looking forward to. That. I'll 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 see what I. I think it's probably you could play on um, Game Pass. Uh, it's X Cloud, probably. Maybe I would, I could check I would out that imagine, way. yeah, and it it would yeah. probably be perfect for X Cloud. To be honest, there's yeah. no not there's no real inputs you have to worry about. There's some like pseudo quick time events um, that yeah. they have, but it's nothing that I think would be un unusable if you play it on cloud. So yeah, I okay, think nice. it's I think it's worth yeah. checking out if you're into that kind of thing for sure. Absolutely cool. Um. Here's the complete antithesis of that. Battlefield 2042. <laughs> um, so this drops on Game Another Pass. Another point-and-click adventure. Yeah, this is point-and-shoot adventure. <laughs> um, this drops on Game Pass. Season 3 kicks off. Um, as many people around me know, I'm a big Battlefield guy, or I should say I was. Because Battlefield 2042 sucked. And it, it, it's, you know, it has a reputation that precedes itself. It is bad. It has been bad. It's been thoroughly disappointing. So, you know, as time has gone on, they've made updates and patches to kind of, you know, alleviate a lot of the issues and, and you know, make it more feature complete, all while kind of adding some some new, new content in there as well. And I've never really kept track of any of it because I just 
once I realized how bad of a game it was, I didn't really care what they did to resuscitate it. It just, at that point, it was lost on me. But it dropped on Game Pass. I decided I'll just, uh, let me let me peek in, see what it's like, see if anything is, you know, radically different. Um, and what I will say is, I think from a gameplay standpoint, um, it feels good to play. Uh, controls well, the shooting feels really good, the movement feels good, all that is in a much better place. But I still think that overall, um, the game's biggest problem is that it's just kind of aimless chaos. It is too yeah. big for its britches. It, the player count of being 128 players is completely unnecessary. It turns the battles into just complete clusterfucks. It's just it's yeah. nothing but yeah, just yeah, yeah. it's it's just 128 people just mercilessly killing each other every four seconds. I mean, if you thought like you, you if you thought you die fast in Call of Duty, this game is like hold my beer. You spawn on on a teammate, you will die in two seconds. It doesn't matter if there's no combat going on. Someone will find you, snipe you. A helicopter will just drop itself on. I mean, it it's just out of control. And I think if you're a new player, especially the Game Pass mob that's coming in and trying it out now, you might appreciate the the madness of it all but there's no structure behind any of it there's no rhyme and reason behind the chaos the the objectives that you're playing the conquests the rushes whatever they don't even feel like they matter because the 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 battle is so big the maps are so enormous it reminds me of mag from back in the day on ps3 where it's like playstation 3 there's some objective happening out there in the ether but it doesn't feel like it has anything to do with my my experience in the match i'm just fighting to kill and survive and i'm not even it's so whacked out in there that i don't even care about the objective anymore you know um so it's to me i think it's still a fundamental mess it just plays better it just runs better and it just looks a little bit better um so unfortunately i don't have anything too positive to say about you know their road to recovery since you know everything went to hell in a handbasket when it came out but um, it's a pass for me. Um, I'm still, I'm still much more invested in Modern Warfare Two and and Warzone at this point, and I don't think it's going to change anytime I, soon. Yeah, I think it's a it's a shame because I think that I think the game obviously released in a rough shape, and it's good to know that it's gotten a little better in terms of the mechanics. But I think ultimately the game itself just it just didn't work. Um, I I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, Battlefield One eclipsed it in terms of the, uh, in terms of player count, which is insane. You know, the newest Battlefield game being eclipsed by the other one, which was that one's a really fun game. Love that one. Battlefield one was actually pretty fantastic. So mm-hmm. uh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 very unfortunate. The last thing I have on my list uh, is not a game, but it is pertaining to a game that will be coming out very soon. Um, it is the Callisto Protocol Helix Station. And this is a, um, a kind of a, a... I don't know how many of them are going to be, but it's like a mini-series of you know, like an audio only adventure. Um, it is, uh, much like if you listen to the, the Halo, uh, mini series that they did a while back, uh, it is much like that. It is a story driven thing. Um, but kind of just gives more of like some context into the world, the universe and, and things along those lines. And, um, I've, I've listened to all the episodes that are out so far. Um, I think, um, if there's anything that I've inferred f- about the Callisto Protocol game is that 
I think what it's going to be doing is it's going to be a mix of taking some cliche horror things and yeah. adding them into the mix. And also, I do think that the gore factor is going to be a pretty big deal. Um, the yeah. way the, the way they describe the things that are happening in this audio series is really unnerving. Um, so I think it's going to be a mix of that, the campy stereotypical horror stuff mixed with like the overabundance of gore, um, and, and like a touch of that badassery of, you know, being able to beat, you know, a really, you know, menacing creature or abomination or whatever. Um, what was interesting about it though, um, right from the outset was that it seems like there's a lot of like human experiment kind of things going on um, mm-hmm. that are sort of a part of this this narrative of what might have happened. Um, I think that's really fascinating that they're already kind of giving that some context instead of let, letting it just be like mysterious, spooky alien creatures kind of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more about that through the actual game. Um, it has made me wonder, though, like how story driven the game is actually going to be. That's what I guess my biggest question mark is we're doing yeah. all this lore ahead of the actual game. But when the game comes out, is it going to be very minimalistic? Is it going to be like, is it going to be like Dead Space where it was just kind of, it wasn't super front yeah. and center? I don't know. But um, it definitely has made me very much more locked in about, you know, getting my hands on, on Coastal Protocol. And from what I've heard, early review copies are out. And some people are like, yo, this is good. This is really good. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, if it's anything, a little concerning in that, if it's anything like the Halo podcast, which was fantastic, and then Halo 5 comes out and it's n- and it's not fantastic, like the best story was in that in that podcast. I hope that's not the case here. I hope they're not kind of uh, filling in the lore, big parts of the, the, the yeah, overworld here. And then about. when the game comes out, it's a very confined story yep. that really doesn't touch on any of those things. It's just cursory knowledge that, that you have now because of a podcast. I mean, I guess that's okay if the game is really, really, really good, but I you know, I, I, I want I want some story in these games. I, I, I like the story. I like the story of, uh, I think specifically Dead Space 2 really picks up on it and really does a good job with that. So I want mm. I want it to be more than just mindless uh, jump scares, sh- dis- killing uh, animations, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what that turns out. I'm I'm curious to see how the game actually uh, comes, oh, how it reviews and, and how well it plays. So, did you know it had a season pass? To... Oh no! And like part of part of the season pass content is you get like they're gonna add more like death animations. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> God, Glenn Schofield is a madman. How much is that season pass? Seven have, cents? Because I, I wouldn't have pay. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea. I saw that earlier this morning, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? That's seasonal pass I'm, content." I it, 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 that's that's like Tomb Raider putting out a seasonal pass to see more death animations. Yeah, it's. I'm not gonna go back and play the game seven times because you added. You know, this week we added three new. You know, death animations. Oh, okay, I'll start also, a new I, game. Usually, the point of these games is not to die. So, what a weird. Yeah, it's a little goofy. What a weird thing. There. It's, it's yeah. a bit goofy, especially since the game isn't apparently that long either. Like, what what are we doing? Unless I could see if they're gonna add like full on expansion content. That that'd be one thing, but I yeah. don't know, man. It's weird that this game started as a um, as a player unknown as a not a player unknown one of those pubg yeah it was a pubg uh expanded universe game (laughs) what 
All right. You got it. They man. kept they, they they got rid of that, but they kept the the season pass. I see. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. Either way, I mean, this kind of definitely got me uh, more interested in the game when it finally comes out. Hopefully, the reviews are going to be as good as I hope, and uh, it won't be another late year disappointment, kind of like Pokemon was. So we'll keep an eye on it, I guess, and we'll see what happens. But um, I think that's going to do it for loadouts. Um, Pop, let's go ahead and jump into the news segment of the show uh, that we call Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, Pablo. so we have uh, three Hit Points uh, to go over this week. I'm going to kick it over to you first. Tell me what you got. Yeah, man, and some surprising news out of nowhere. Hideki Kamiya has confirmed that Bayonetta 4, not only is it a, a possibility, it is currently being worked on. <clears throat> I mean, how do we feel about that quick turnaround? And Do we have faith that Bayonetta 4 will do what Bayonetta 3 couldn't, which is, you know, be a good video game? <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Um I said it when we talked about you know the game a few weeks ago, and I'll say it again. I don't think Platinum Games is the Platinum Games that we yeah. remember. Um, I don't know what it is about Kamiya, but he just kind of rubs me the wrong way. He he <laughs> he just seems like I don't know what I don't know whether to call him an attention whore or something, but. He is kind of like giving me those like edgelord vibes of like, you know, I know you guys didn't like the ending of Bayonetta 3, so now I'm going to come out and I'm going to say this and yeah. ruffle your feathers even more. And then I think he said something to the effect of like, you know, if you didn't like Bayonetta 3, you might as well not get Bayonetta 4 or something like that, which okay, was cool. Perfect. even nicer. Um, the guy so just seems like money. a clown. He's a clown to me. Um, and his, his, his game is a, a clown show to me too um so i i, I, I will know. stand i will stand by everything i've said about that game and i will also say anybody who who, who thinks that game is a 9 out of 10 a 10 out of 10 we're sitting at an 88 right now at open critics there's a lot of people who think that game is good those people are liars there's i just don't understand how anybody can love the game the way that they claim they love it so much so that when you look at the game awards though we've been very critical of it this game got no love this game, so who who is it that they're reviewing the game and then not talk about it or not <laughs> even talk not even like per, uh nominated for so many different ver- nominations they could have possibly been nominated for so i don't know man this is one of those games that we're definitely gonna look back at and be like oh yeah that game was kind of bad uh and the fact that bayonetta 4 is coming and it's currently being worked on i just uh, i don't first of all i don't believe it that's mm. not the way Pla- platinum platinum games i mean bayonetta 3 has been, been in work uh, for forever and there was nothing to show for so i don't know the only the only way i i i i i think that this could be uh this could be a positive is that they understand the shortcomings of the hardware, and they actually have the next Switch hardware, or at least a development kit, ready to go. To the point that they are excitedly working on that next game because they feel like that the hardware can really Bayonetta and this and the hardware can really work together and be like 
their best game uh, to, 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 to date. That's the only re- way that I can think about this maybe being good. Like, Nintendo's like, let's put some money out there. Let's mm. get some games out so when this new console comes out that it's ready to go with these bangers in the next couple of years. That's the only uh, positive I could see of this. But ultimately, uh, as it stands today, and the information that we have and the game that we have with Bayonetta 3 today, this all sounds like fucking nonsense. And I want to just... I just want this to, to go away. I don't. I, if we never see Bayonetta again, that's a okay with me. Yeah, I know we're in the minority, and that's kind of the problem. Is that the the worst thing that could have happened is Bayonetta three getting the great reviews that it got, despite being the quality that it is. Because now that's their benchmark at platinum. Well, people yeah. love Bayonetta three, so let's just kind of build on that. And the problem with yeah. building on that is. It's a mess. It's just a mess. It, you know, and I don't want to retread too much territory from what we said in the past, but like you Bayonetta 2 was peak Bayonetta because it had all the the same components that Bayonetta 3 had, but they had it in balance. Everything worked yeah. well and played good and controlled nicely and was paced the right way. This was just Bayonetta vomit and it was like a little of everything all in all on the same time and in bad performance and you know clipping and you, you can't see what you're doing on screen it, but isn't this great it's the chaos that you yeah. love from bayonetta and it, it, it was a, it was just a big misread of of what made bayonetta 2 so great so the fact that those people like gave bayonetta 3 such high scores that that sends the wrong message to them and i think people are going to you know maybe look back at this and go man that was kind of the the, the beginning of the end so yeah i have no high hopes for bayonetta 4 to be honest with you and you know i don't I, I want, did, did, did we get any any uh any um information on sales for that no right i don't think so i think it i yeah. i think i saw that it did relatively well but i haven't looked at npds um i can try to pull that up but um but yeah, yeah no. it's been it's been it's been just weird you know to see this this bayonetta 3 thing just continue to be like totally glossed over um actually i'm looking at it right now and bayonetta 3 was ninth in october that's uh, not good so yeah i that it yeah is it's gonna drop off pretty quick because it's right above yeah. elden ring and mario kart 8 splatoon 3 it's coming into holiday season now bayonetta 3 is going down yeah it's going yeah down. It, it, it's it's unfortunate um but yeah but even though we talk about how people are claiming to love bayonetta are, are positive on it that game has gone that radio silent. Nobody's talking about that game mm-hmm. any, anymore. So that even that that kind of just just proves a lot of what we're saying to be probably closer to the truth. Not that we're like the fucking arbiter of truth or anything no. like that. And our opinion matters more than others. But I think that when you look at games like real games, games that really stand out. When you look at Open Critic, the top games that uh, of the year, those games are still to a certain extent being talked about and. And at the very least, it had been talked about for a long time. Even with Horizon for uh, Forbidden West, it had to contend with Elden Ring. There was a there was a long tail for that conversation of that game that far you know that far exceeded what the the, the time frame in which people were talking about Bayonetta three. Because I think people talked about Bayonetta three for the week in which it, it had come out, <laughs> and then right when they reached the ending, you can it's tell true. you can see the the way the the you can see how it it, it was trending. It, they talked about it and there was a peak because people had reached the end of the game and then nobody's talking about the game like at all, mm. you know? So yeah, yeah. that's what it is. At that that honeymoon period is, is something else, man, with, uh, with that's gaming how, But that's how you can tell a game has resonated with people, especially when it's sitting at 88. 
that 88 is really high score mm-hmm. and nobody's talking about that game a couple of weeks in and especially with all this uh, end of the year stuff happening within the industry video game and, and people who do this kind of, this kind of stuff and nobody's really talking about the game at all it just it just it, it just it just feels weird it feels like off so yeah i think it's part of the industry pundits fault for just kind of you know blowing a bunch of smoke up our asses about this game for you know that that yeah. week of time and making it sound like a bigger thing than what it probably really was. I mean, Bayonetta yeah. 3, uh, really the whole series, honestly, has always been a cult classic. You know, I don't know when it graduated into this, like, mainstream, you know, marquee game that everybody loves, but it's never been that. Bayonetta 1 was the epitome of a cult classic. Barely anybody yeah. bought that game. Bayonetta right. 2, for as great as it was reviewed critically and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't exactly the talk of the town either. So, no, you know, no, no. I think a lot of these these pundits made Bayonetta 3, they put it on this, this pedestal of hype and buzz that it never really earned um, because it's never been that kind of series. The yeah, only thing that made so, it so much- only thing that made it different this time was, I hate to say it, but it was the controversy about the voice actor. Yeah, that that came in at a perfect time because they, that really people start talking about that. Uh, yeah, actually, that conversation lasted longer than the conversation about the. I actual believe game. you're right. Yeah, uh, but it, you know, and, and to to your point, I mean, Bayonetta was dead in the water. The only reason they made two and three was because Nintendo put money into it. But but Platinum yeah. was like, we're not making this game anymore. It's not profitable. We can't do it. And they Nintendo literally had to come in, save the day, and put some money down to make it exclusive to them. And that just kind of tells you everything you need to know about. Th- Bayonetta and how it's perceived uh, as a as a in the within the industry as one of the great games. You know, it's not really talked about in that way. But mm, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on uh, to the second hit point news item in an interview with the kind third, of funny. Oh no no no! We're still in the first one. Oh, Maron. Sorry, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I'm you, the you third Marco. There's three of them. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> All right, he's back. Uh, Eric Williams, the director at Santa Monica Studio, revealed that DLC for God of War Ragnarok is quote-unquote unlikely, citing that the team has already put everything they had into Ragnarok itself. And the question is, Pablo, uh, considering this is officially the fastest-selling first-party game in PlayStation history at 5.1 million units in the first week, um, do we consider this a missed opportunity? And um, and since they're not going to do DLC, what should they do next? Yeah, I don't think it's a missed opportunity. I mean, Bayon- uh, sorry, Bayon- <laughs> God of War 2018 didn't have DLC. And, you know, these games are a very specific story being told. And it it met its conclusion at the end of that game. A lot of the post stuff is, is still uh, lore heavy and still kind of uh, feeding into the story itself but I wouldn't see how DLC could make this experience better or worse for it It would, it, for me it would feel like maybe they'd be wasting some um, ideas or or maybe kind of cobbling together some discarded ideas just to expand the game more I, I think these not every game not every single player game deserves or should have a um, a story expansion. Uh, I don't feel like this is a game that that would benefit from that at all. I think we we we've 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 peaked, you know, emotionally and, and everything that they've done in that story. I think revisiting that stuff uh, would be a little bit. I just wouldn't. It just wouldn't be as good, and so they shouldn't do it. <clears throat> as for what's next, 
I have to remind myself this is the only sec the only second God of War game that they've made in past like you know fifteen years. So I would say that there's more God of War on the way, whether that be an Atreus spinoff or an, a Kratos, uh, his adventures continuing. I, I think there's more on the way. I don't know what Corey Barlog is working on. I'm gonna suspect that it's not. Uh, uh, God of War related, but I do feel probably Eric Williams will be moving on to the next God of War, uh, and you know we won't see or hear about that for a long time. It's not going to be like mm -hmm. a, as even though it wasn't really a quick turnaround, it won't be like in the next three or four years. I think that the next God of War, they're probably going to look to try to re reinvent that again. I would even, I would not be against even getting a reimagining of the original trilogy that better fits with the Norse mythology at the end of it, kind of seeing that path where at the very end of the game, you see actually Kratos enter that, because enter the the Norse mythology and, and kind well, of Well, I think they, they covered that in some kind of comic or whatever, so yeah, that's about as far as they've ever yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, but you know, that's that's auxiliary content where people, I, I, I don't even know what happened there, so I, I you know, I, I think that'd be better fitted to be told in the video game. I'm just saying, like, if they wanted to do something else, I, I wouldn't be against them completely remaking the original trilogy or even if they they they, they make that trilogy into one game uh, kind of a la final fantasy 7 uh, remake that I'm, i wouldn't be against that but i think i think there's more uh, uh god of war in the future for sure for uh sony santa monica um it's a little tough to navigate this answer because i don't want to spoil anything about the ending of ragnarok yeah, yeah, yeah. which we both finished the game by the way uh -huh. um where God of War Ragnarok leaves off in terms of what uh, what Atreus is going to do next, I think would have been perfect for downloadable content. I would have loved to have seen that. I think it would be a game, though. I don't, because I don't think... I don't, I don't, I don't th think it should be. Well, I hold on. I don't think it should be. I don't, yeah. I don't think that the series is ready to star anybody else but Kratos. So that's why I say that, because I think, yeah. I think Atreus still has some work to do, to get himself at, you know, up there as like a prominent character people, that people love to play. I actually enjoyed playing as him throughout the game, uh, from a gameplay yeah. standpoint in particular. I think if they were to do something like a Miles Morales type of uh, experience, something that's more of an eight to ten hour thing, Lost Legacy type of thing almost, I think that'd be great. Because I think I want to see them get away from Norse mythology and not do anything that's a continuation of this. Because this was the end of the of, of this whole arc. So I want it yeah. to be the end of the arc. I don't want it to, I don't want to come back and then now it's the aftermath of Ragnarok and now no, yeah. what is I that like? So is it gonna be this slow yeah. burn kinda like you know, I, I don't want to get too far into how I feel about Ragnarok itself, but it, very slow and meandering game at times. I don't want more of that without without a Ragnarok type of event to look forward to. So I think it would it would be a great idea to do it. I, but if they're not, they're not. Um, as far as what they should do next, it's it's a catch twenty two because you know they ought to do another God of War. They should and they probably will. I just wish they or I hope rather they have flexibility to do something else at least for once before they return to God of War again. Like, let it breathe, let it be, you know, what it is, maybe come back to God of War next gen for a PS6 title. Um, realistically, I don't think that's going to happen, but I would love to see them take on a new IP. I'd love to see them take their chops and storytelling and world building and, you know, take you know take on something new and, and introduce I, us to... Yeah. 
their what is their Horizon Forbidden West type of experience like? You know, what 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 can they build from the ground up and not just you know picking up the reins of a franchise from you know an old regime uh, from David Jaffe and crew? Yeah, I'd love to see that. Realistically, though, with with sales like these, you can't you can't really expect that. No, um, and, and I, I honestly I think that. Um we saw some stuff years ago about concept art that showed Kratos in Egypt. Um, you know, that kind of mythology, Egyptian mythology. With I think the God of War there is Montu or something like that. So I think that I think that they might do that, though they run the risk of it at this point kind of making it a little bit fantastical like oh now he's in a new setting like you can't really build emotionality like that like the franchise becomes about really a father-son storytelling like it would just be weird to reset and it being about something else Mm -hmm. um but i mean i don't know we'll see i i do think that cory barlog is probably working on something new uh but you know, God of War isn't going anywhere because of your right because it just sold too much. Yeah, it's doing too well. But I, I definitely one hundred percent do not want to see Norse mythology again. Uh, I'd rather them go back to Greek mythology. You know, mm-hmm. having to go back and and, and 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 whatever state that world is in now after everything he's done and kind of having to kind of deal with that uh, in terms of like coming to terms with with his past in that way. I think that's a better story. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap up with our third and final hit point news item, uh, and that is uh, the reveal of the next-gen versions of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. So, uh, in a stream, uh, we got a chance to get some new information about what was going to be uh, a part of the game and how it was looking so far, and um, based on what I've seen and, and what I'm you know reading about the, you know, fans response people are pretty blown away um i'm gonna read off all the various things that it's bringing to the table and then we'll kind of unpack this and kind of you know do a little hype check on this but apparently the game's got ray tracing global illumination which is a huge one um performance and quality modes on consoles um many improvements to models and textures uh they've added a lot of community mods into the official game which is pretty interesting uh, some quality of life improvements, such as uh, quick cast for uh, sigils, a new camera angle with a lower FOV, some quest fixes, uh, subtitle scaling, uh, localization, um, map improvements, mini map improvements, pausing during cutscenes, new quest, uh, cross saves across photo platforms. Did you say photo What's that? Did you mention the photo mode? Photo mode, yeah. Photo mode was the next one on the list. Yeah, there's there's a lot that they're doing here. And uh, looking at the footage, I have to say I'm pretty impressed. Uh, it's not yeah, it's not going to look like a built from the ground up game uh, for you know next gen consoles. But what they did here, I think they for a free update, this is pretty pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, how are you feeling? I. I- I'm excited about the community mods integration because Fallout 4 with those mods are mm-hmm. so, is, is some of the most fun I've had with the game post game, you know, playing the game regularly and then going back and, 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 and like doing all the XP and getting all the power ups and just kind of like blowing through that game in, in full powered 
fucking man beast. Uh, I, I would love to do that with with, with Geralt or, or I I think that stuff is cool, man. I think it really puts a fresh. It, it, there's something new about it, even though the game is is very old. Besides how it visually looks, I have something else to look forward to in actually playing the game a little bit different if I so choose to do that. And I, I really love that stuff. Yeah. And everything else is, is what you expect, but unfortunately, it's not the standard when it comes to next-gen upgrades. Some people will, will do a, a you know a performance enhancement, and that's it. Call it a next-gen upgrade. But the fact that ray tracing has included visual enhancements, uh, and then it has, like I mentioned, the, the, um, the community mods, the, the improved combat, mini-map stuff, little stuff like that that kind of gets in the way of the game being perfect. They've essentially made the game closer to perfect than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to be playing this December 14th when it releases, but I'm definitely going to replay this game because I always replay Witcher, and Witcher is one of my favorite games of all time. But yeah. all this stuff is really, 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 really uh, making me excited to go back and, and, and at the very least experience some of the game... Uh, uh, and, and 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 to top it all off, it's a free upgrade. That's ridiculous. Come on, guys. You could charge twenty dollars, and I would have still purchased this just to have too, that. Yeah. You know, for it. sure. But but you know, CDPR uh, is definitely has some. Uh, you know. They have some things to work on ever since Cyberpunk, and I'm glad that they're doing right by the community itself. And 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 this is awesome, man. This is great. Congrats to them, and yeah. congrats to Witcher Three. Uh, fans, because we're about to get even more Witcher Three, and that's going to be dope as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think uh, I like this new over the shoulder camera too. I think this might be interesting yeah. to kind of change that perspective up a little bit. Hopefully, that makes combat feel a little bit smoother too. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the cross between Ghost of Tsushima and God of War. Um, yeah, in a, in a weird way. Um, yeah, no, I think this is all pretty awesome stuff. I mean, I wasn't originally planning on playing this this year because I thought, oh man, well you know. There's so many games I'm going to be playing, you know, to get caught up before the end of the year. But a lot of them kind of turned out to be not for me or just duds. You know, like Pokemon was kind of one I was penciling in to be playing and I'm probably not playing that. Pentiment didn't do much for me. Somerville kind of fell short. So, you know, the list is sort of whittled down to basically the Callisto Protocol and maybe Crisis Core, uh, depending on how that goes. But. Yeah, I can oh, see yeah. myself well, playing this. Score. Yeah, I can see myself playing this now. So um, I'm pretty yeah. excited. This looks great. Um, and if this gives me an excuse to beat this game for the sixth time, then I will play it for the sixth time and uh, have a yeah. great time. So looking forward to this some for sure. Some of the screens, like some of the screenshots that I'm looking at here. The are, ray tracing is nuts. That's, that's, that's yeah. still throwing me for a loop. Like that's pretty insane. Yeah, there's a... There's a picture here of Geralt on Roach overlooking the Vista on Witcher 3, which looks great, mm-hmm. fine. And then with the Witcher 3 on next-gen consoles, with the ray tracing, the light coming through the clouds, and then more form, the clouds are more formed, more visibility in the bottom. Like, it, it's, it, it kind of is insane. Uh, yeah. These are kind of stuff that, you know, that really... When you know a game like we know Witcher Three, and you see these things, we notice the differences. And this is gonna and this is gonna be one of those things. Where like, oh my god, this looks so much better because we we know this game so uh, so uh, intimately. So it's it's gonna be pretty exciting. And there's haptics for the PlayStation triggers, Pablo, your favorite. Come on, man. I have come over I here. have the game on both, and I will not be playing it on PlayStation Five because no, 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 no. I don't like arthritis. Got weak fingers. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Let's get to the checkpoint chat, uh, which is our end of year coverage for Nintendo. Let's get it. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right, so we took care of Xbox, we took care of Sony. Now we got Nintendo on the docket. 
to give them a grade for their year in 2022. So we've got our highs, we've got our lows, and then we're going to give our grades at the very end. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about why Uh, we think that this year may have been good, bad, or great uh, for Nintendo. But Pablo, um, this was a pretty interesting year for Nintendo, um, you know, in terms of highs, because, um, you know, it was a lot of their highs are also kind of, you know, attached to lows, too. But we'll kind of get into that. But um, I think the best place to start in talking about Nintendo's year is the fact that some of their first party games showed up. And, and turned yeah. out pretty well. We're talking about the Xenoblade Chronicle 3s of the world, Splatoon 3s, uh, Mario Rabbids, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Kirby even. Uh, for as much as I'm not a Kirby guy, people people said that game was pretty solid. So, you know, they've definitely had a nice array of games that came out and delivered. So, you know, what are yeah. your thoughts on that and how do you think that contributed to Look, their year? Not only are those games good, but in many ways they're franchise-defining games. Like, like, Xenoblade Chronicles Three uh, is is probably for me one of the top three best JRPGs of all time, and that and I'm not even and that's taking no hyperbole there. Kirby is a is a is a franchise or is a character that has been essentially trying to be everything in terms of genre, but I think that they found the best way to utilize Kirby in this uh, 3D uh, uh, openish world uh, with Kirby. Mario Rabbids is the best version of that of that of that game to date, not even close. And RC has legitimately changed the way you look at Pokemon and the way you play it and, and the open worlds of it. And and Splatoon three, uh, Splatoon three is is weirdly enough probably my most fun I've had in a multiplayer game in a year that Overwatch two and a good Call of Duty game has come out. So these aren't just like these aren't just like good games. These are for me some of the best games of their uh, of their franchise of the genre to have released for them and it's been incredible banner year when it comes to the first party games for sure how about you what do you think yeah um you know i think that it's been pretty amazing to see that um you know their their portfolio just doesn't it just doesn't go backwards too often you know like they uh-huh. always have something on the horizon that just delivers and uh, you know sometimes it's uh, it's what you expect sometimes it's not what you'd expect but they usually come through pretty well and i'm glad that these games that we listed off in particular um did their thing you know um these <laughs> it's it's weird for me because i'm not used to seeing a lot of games on my you know favorite games of the year list that are from nintendo normally right. that just isn't something that happens for me because i didn't really have that attachment growing up to you know mario and zelda like you did you like it just wasn't a part of my gaming lineage but here we are all these years later and it's like man nintendo's just kind of kind of infiltrating my my gaming list now and that's pretty weird for me to see that oh wow do i like pokemon more than this thing like you know that's strange but i welcome that because it's 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 showing me that um, Nintendo is really advancing themselves forward and they're, you know, they know their strengths and they know how to capitalize on it. Not everything turned out as great as these games did. We'll talk about that later on. But I, the, the things that turned out well for me turned out really well. And I think that is right, something right. worth celebrating for sure. Um, let's go ahead and jump into the next high, which is um, the strong Nintendo Directs that were showcased. Um, you know, and, and the 2022 games they, they revealed to us or gave us updates for. And then also the way that they helped to set up an exciting 2023 for us as yeah. well. So what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of these companies, Xbox, PlayStation, they do the, the, the showcases, and a lot of the times, uh, you know, they, they they talk about games that are that are coming out eventually. I, I think what Nintendo does that they do well, and something that Sony has taken from them is kind of focusing on a game and give you the details of that game and kind of reveal the game to you uh, in the best possible form. And, and Sony has been doing that with some of the games as well when they have centric uh, uh, state of plays about a certain game. And I think that Nintendo Directs aren't perfect, and I, and I think they, they've, they've had some duds this year, but I think on a whole, when it comes to these kind of showcases and Directs, whatever the case may be, I think Nintendo is the best at that. I think that they do a really good job of setting expectations. Like, by the way, these games are coming out in the next three months. And then, you know, they talk about those games. And then they talk about, uh, sometimes at the end, it's like, hey, this game is coming out next year or in the future. And it really keeps a really well balanced about games that are coming this year. You're getting information about games that are coming out this year that you'll be able to make determinations on whether or not you'll play them or not. And then they keep you, they keep that carrot at the end of the stick with Tears of the Kingdom, uh, uh, the Engage game. What's that game called? Uh, uh the the what are you doing the strategy fire RPG emblem? help yeah fire okay. emblem engage I, I do the fire emblem engage code sorry I just, I, that's just what I do uh th- th- these kind of games come fairly soon as well so I I I uh I just like the way that Nintendo does stuff I I think when we see a direct it's probably gonna have a lot of good stuff in there uh stuff that's gonna either come out day of or or fairly soon and I can really appreciate Nintendo uh for for doing that uh. You know, and and not and not so much uh, focusing on games that are many, 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 many years away, like Sony and Xbox uh, usually do. So I'm glad to see that for sure. Yeah, you know what's cool is like, you know, Nintendo's pipeline is getting so much better now that the days yeah. of feeling like you're waiting for an eternity to get a game to not only come out but just to get announcements on certain things it, it i'm not going to say it's perfect now but it's a lot better than yeah. how it used to be yeah like nintendo is notorious for being very secretive and keeping their cards extremely close to their chest and i've noticed albeit in a very nintendo way they're becoming a a bit more vo- like a bit more willing to divulge uh, and I think yeah. that's made state of uh, state of place. Uh, Nintendo directs a lot more interesting, and it brings more hype to those events because, especially in a post Super Smash Brothers Ultimate world, where you don't have that next character announcement, and that and they they leaned on that so long. Now that's gone, yeah. and now it's like, all right, well, now what? And I think they've answered the now what very well. Um, not only yeah. for, you know, the short term, but also for the long term. Um, you know, and I think that's that's been good. That's been very good. And I think they've also done yeah. a better job of well, with the exception of Zelda, I think they announced that a little too soon. Yeah, but I yeah, think that yeah. um they've done a good job of of timing their announcements as well. Like they, they won't show something until they're ready, for better or for worse. But it feels like they're more ready. Uh, if that makes sense, because things are getting announced yeah. a little bit at, at a better clip than they used to. So I'm I'm pretty content with this as well. And I think it is definitely a, a, a nice step in the right direction, especially for a company as secretive as Nintendo can be. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny because 
a lot of the games like that that came out this year, for example, Xenoblade Chronicles Three and uh, even, I think Kirby even are games that we really didn't know much about. Well, first for sure, Xenoblade Chronicles Three is a game that weren't wasn't even announced at the beginning of the year, right? Uh, and and we knew about it. Sure, leaks have come out, but they announced it and a couple of months later. Not only that, they pushed that game up two months or something like that because that game was supposed to come out in September and it came out in July oh yeah the, that's right it people, did come out early yeah, yeah forget about that they, they, they moved that up and so I, I I think that you know having that's kind of a baller ass move having game in your back pocket like we knew there were going to be another Fire Emblem but now the Fire Emblem Engage is coming out and it's coming out in a month and a half mm-hmm. so it's it, it's stuff like that that when it works for them when they really can hold that stuff tight, it works. But it does kind of bite them in the ass a little bit when it comes to their more, um, you know, their bigger franchises. We'll talk about that a little yeah, later. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so the third high that we've uh, called out is the obvious one, but it's still important. The Switch continues to be a sales juggernaut. Uh, even when faced with similar, you know, shortages like Sony and Microsoft went through, uh, the Switch has managed to top 12 million in units sold in 2022. Uh, which is uh, obviously leading the way in console sales, and that's just it. Mm. It continues to be astonishing to me that you know, yeah. But also not surprising either, just because it's Nintendo, and that's just how how it works with them. But uh, talk about that. Tell me how much of an important factor that uh, plays into this year for you. Yeah, I mean it's huge. I mean it, it 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 it's great to see that because you know it it tells the Nintendo that there's a lot of interest in their consoles and and and, and the future and and the games that they've released and the games are developing. I mean Nintendo's not going anywhere. We already knew that, but it's good. It's always good when Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo are doing great. But I think it's always awesome when Nintendo is is is, is being Nintendo and, and selling 111. Y- units of the play of the switch uh, i think that that's peak like video game awesomeness i, I just it's it's mm-hmm. it's the industry is always better for it because that's when we're getting the marios the zeldas and 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 now uh possibly the metroids the king kongs all that stuff that we that we love whether or not like marco doesn't have the specific lineage of of, of those characters but can appreciate what those game means to, to the video game industry and, and and having new iterations of those games in the future hopefully coming uh it, it bodes well if, if if a console is selling 12 million uh 12 million in units in a year that is seemingly uh, their age is showing in, in such an embarrassing way <laughs> at times. Yeah, that we'll talk about they're still that. Gonna, yeah. They're pumping out 12 million in, in, in units sold is 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 surprising in that way a little bit, but but at the same time, like Marco said, not surprising and, and it's awesome. So I, I love that for them, uh, and I hope they continue to to, to kill it. And hopefully, uh, we see newer hardware coming sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's the Keep thing. The though it's goal. like it's like a blessing and a curse because um, you're 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 happy to see Nintendo, you know, thrive the way they are, but that also means that they're not going to be in a rush to throw this all away yeah. and and why would you why would you stop wanting to ride this wave just to go put out another console when you can sell 12 million units in a year like it, i could yeah. when 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 nintendo slumps then i could say i could see why they'd go okay i think it's time for us to start figuring this out i'm not saying i agree with it i'm just saying i think it's a it 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 works both ways it speaks to their dominance and their success but it also speaks to some of their stubbornness about being very slow to kind of move the needle move things along and you know progress their hardware um you know output as well um so it's 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 a little tricky for me yeah i mean i i think that um 
I think because of this and, and how how selling more competition and how selling uh, video game consoles is harder than ever because you know it's not like Xbox is is selling one unit per day like they're they're killing it and and Sony is killing it of course they are I think that the next iteration of the Switch is going to be closer to what the Switch Two a, a better version of what we have now I don't think they're going to reinvent the wheel uh, too much I know that there's history that's showing that perhaps maybe going from the Wii to the Wii U was a bad move for them but I think just because the Wii you was extremely and underpowered as soon as it came out and had didn't have much support in, in way of, of third party so i think that uh the switch 2 has to be a significant upgrade but still kind of keep the essence of the nintendo switch there and they have to make the correct choices with backwards compatibility because that's something that they've always failed on and i feel like we're in a new era of video games and in, or- in order for them to continue su- the success in order for them to pick up right where they left off with the new console would be a, a super nintendo switch to just to kind of throw a name out there for, for the new console just just what they did with the nes to the snes right that kind of uh that kind of upgrade but still keeping that same vibe going i think that's what they need to do here and i hope that's what they do all rumors are, are pointing to that's what the case is and i hope that that continues to be the case uh, uh but yeah we'll see what happens yeah for sure man um but not all was uh as as beautiful as uh as we may have painted that picture to look like. There was some lows. Uh, and, you know, uh, it kind of speaks to what I think was sort of a, a, an interesting year, to say the least. And the lows start with the, uh, the first-party games. You know, we talked at the top of this about how some of the games turned out well. But we also got to turn around and look at the fact that some of these games also underwhelmed as well. When you think about the Mario Strikers of the world, Bayonetta 3, as we talked about, which is subjective, obviously, that one specifically. Switch Sports, um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. You know, these games came out and for one reason or another, whether it was personal reasons or what, you know, the community at large was talking about, they didn't really set the world on fire uh, for one reason or another. So... Talk to me about that, Pablo. Tell me how these uh, specific batches of games um, negatively affected Nintendo's year, in your opinion. Yeah, I mean, look, you got a you got Mario Strikers that uh, came out and made zero noise. I mean, that game, well, the people stopped talking about the game almost as, as soon as it came out. And that's a shame because people wanted the, the, the Strikers. They wanted that to come back. And it's just such a chaotic game. And again, it doesn't really work in any way. Uh, that's bad. And Beta 3, we, we talked to that exhaustively, but I, I feel very strongly about our opinion about that game. And then Switch Sports. Uh, you know, when you look at the, when you look at Wii Sports, one of the seminal fucking franchise games of the, of that era coming out here and just being again a dud really yeah and then pokemon unfortunately being what it is right now you know i think if i'm not mistaken it's up there if not the number one selling best uh first party game that nintendo has and it comes out in such an embarrassing state i mean there's there's a lot of there the dichotomy between the greatness of the of the splatoons and the xenoblade chronicles 3 and then you look at strikers and switch sports is it's jarring it's there's there's something happening there where it's like i don't i don't know if 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 like like the sport like the mario sports games have been pretty much horrible like they've almost been like just 
afterthoughts and i don't know if that's kind of just them putting something out to sell in the summer uh but that's what it feels like and i really want nintendo to stop doing that i i don't want a mario sports game for for the lack for just for the for me being able to say that the one exists i mean i i i don't like any of the mario sports games that have come out uh, in the last couple of years at all i think they they've been actively bad or at the very least underwhelming to the point where they don't live up to the lineage of that specific sport definitely um in, in the history so it, it's it's sad to see honestly because such highs met with such lows um and i, I feel like that is a, a recipe for disaster for the future because this could easily flip you know and and you can have these lows be the 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 all these games come out and just be bad and then just have a, a few good games. And that 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 would be the worst case scenario of this stuff. So I I hate I, I don't I don't want this to continue to be the case and I hope that they get their shit together when it comes to this kind of stuff and they take care of titles that not, might not be be made by Nintendo or uh uh R and D right uh those Nintendo Studios because for the for the people who don't know about that kind of stuff this is all one and the same Nintendo released Strikers and Bayo three and Switch Sports and Pokemon SV I, that's that's how we see it that's how a lot of people see it and so if you can have all these, if all these games would turn out to be amazing, I mean, we would be having the conversation. It would be really hard to have lows as yeah, it is. Yeah, this as year would have been nuts for them if they had hit it out of the park with all these. Yeah, it, it would have been. And that's, I think that's kind of like the other part of it that, that makes it that low feels such low is because Strikers should have been amazing. Bayonetta 3 should have been fucking incredible. Switch Sports, the sequel to Wii Sports, should have been incredible. And Pokemon, the next mainline Pokemon, should have killed it like it, it wasn't like oh striker sucks but it always sucked no right, these games right. should have been good and they weren't so that's that's why these low this low specifically feels the worst to me yeah nintendo has to stop snatching defeat from the jaws of success dude like they have <laughs> to stop this like this year on paper they should have not just from a sales perspective but from a software perspective they should have blown everybody out of the water and some Absolutely. people will still argue that they have you know because people will still say yeah, yeah, I, yeah you know i still love bandit 3 or despite the issues of, of scarlet and violet i love that new pokemon game and i i i am acknowledging that is a factor right. here um we're not here to definitively say those games are bad um but they've left a bad taste in some people's mouths and we have to call that out i mean when, when you're telling me you have a year where a new mario sports games comes out and it's a wet fart a new Switch sports game comes out, and it's a wetter fart. And then you got Bayonetta 3 and, and, and Pokemon coming out, and they're cataracts. So now you're farting, <laughs> and you can't see shit. <laughs> this is a weird... You fart, and you can't see the shit you shouldn't. Yeah, you, yeah, sure. you can't wipe your ass like that. That's not, that's not the way that you you carry on your success. You have to... Yeah. Nintendo has opportunities to, to put games out whenever they feel like it. They are not beholden to any of y'all. Unless it's Pokemon, no. they usually like having a Pokemon game out every holiday. We get that. But like, they'll make you wait if they want to. Some of these games did not have to come out at the same time, especially when you look at Strikers and, and Switch Sports. Those came out almost at the exact same damn time. Yeah. Why would yeah. you do that? Why would you cannibalize one sports game with another? 
why what did you gain out of doing that both of those games yeah. are not being talked about now they're borderline irrelevant that switch sports certainly doesn't have the kind of groundswell of of you know like pop culture phenomenon kind of you know levels of stuff like we sports did and it's because you just you 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 rushed out an unfinished product you put switch sports out it's missing some of the sports that's kind of important, yeah. dog. Like, yeah. Strikers <laughs> needs more than just the game of, of soccer. You got to put some, like, modes and content around that, or else it's just a glorified exhibition mode with terrible online uh, functionality. Like, they right. try to support that game with, like, oh, now we have a new character. But, like, I hate to be this general, but, like, who cares? Like, literally. Like, yeah. who cares? Who is still right now going, yo, that Mario Strikers? Like, that's sad because that game could have been very special um, and it could have been kind of a I, I, it, they just always struggle with that with that genre for, for Mario sports games not like they did in the past they, they used to be on top of the world I just but man, I just don't think they care I, they, it's obvious they're not putting the care and the love into those games they're just putting them out they just don't have enough of a vision for those sports games outside of making that the actual game like if they had made right. like a two pack of like Mario Tennis and Mario Strikers both sports in the same game, I would have been more than happy with that because at least yeah, I've sure. got two different sports to bounce back and forth from. Whereas this is a, you know, it, when you get bored of this, we don't have anything else for you. Like that's just they really unfortunate, do, dude. They should do a Mario sports story. The next thing on our lows, I, I might do, <laughs> I might imagine that. I, my mental health matters to me. I, I can't do that. Um, the, the next low on our list, and this is, this is one that, that has been a topic for a while. And, Unfortunately, it still is until things change. Hardware limitations, Pablo, still continue to hinder major releases. Yeah, talk to me. Yeah, even when you let, let's look at the let, let's look at the good games: Platoon Three, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, Kirby, Mario Rabbids, RCS. All those games suffer because of the hardware limitations. Now, obviously, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. They did the best they possibly could, and that game is ambitious as hell, runs well, looks pretty decent, but that game could have looked a lot better. That game could have, every, all, there is room for improvement on all these games, and it isn't an art style choice, it's a hardware reason, and that kind of sucks, because, you know, I, I would have loved to see, to, to seen uh, Arceus or, or Pokemon Sun and, uh, Sun, I want to say Sun and Moon, uh, Scarlet and Violet, just be incredible games, look incredibly, incredible well, incredibly well, and, look, and just play extremely well, and that's that is on. You can't do that. Uh, you're 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 meeting the creative, and then you're taking the limitations, and you're hindering that. You're you're hindering their vision. Uh, I'm sure if Monolith could have done uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three on a let's say PlayStation five hardware, right? Oh my it god! Just, it it would have melted people's brains. It would have just been an absolute masterpiece of a game, even though it is close to that anyway. But that's think about that for us, especially fans of that game. That game is damn near incredible, perfect for us in, in the, within the genre that it exists in, and it's running at a limited capacity because the hardware is limiting the actual game that's itself. Right. So going forward, you know, Tears of the Kingdom, which is the game that I'm highly anticipating, Metro Pride, uh, Pride Four. Those games are, if if they come out on the Nintendo Switch, they are unfortunately going to be already hindered out the gate because the hardware is unfortunately very limiting. And that is made, sure, that's always been the case. But we're reaching now levels of, uh, of just, it's just, un, it, it, some games are unplayable, but really, it's really affecting the core of the game. And I think the heart of the creator, when you look at it, because 
there's no way that model set off to make Xenoblade Chronicles 3 to look this way, to, to, to perform this way. They had to do it because it was the 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 hardware in which they were making the game on. So mm-hmm. it, it sucks. And I and I and I'm and I we need to see more. I think we need I think at this point we need to see more than just the pro. I think we need a full on sequel because I think the pro might put a band-aid on some things, but it's not gonna completely uh it's not gonna future proof that in any way, shape, or form going forward. So Yeah, I mean and listen, and here's the other thing too. Um, and I agree with everything you said. You, you smoked that. Here's the thing. They're also leaving money on the table because you think about like a lot of third-party games that come out on multiple, mm-hmm. like, multiple consoles that, that can't be run on Switch at all unless they're doing some bullshit cloud, cloud. version which Jesus. who's who would want to spend money on a cloud version of, of anything like I, I don't know what those numbers are like I can't imagine they're very good but it, wouldn't it be nice for Call of Duty to be on a Nintendo platform again it'd be great especially but at least Warzone but you can't do it you can't you can't pull that off and the people that have tried like when Apex tried to do it and Fortnite tried to do it those games looked like booty crack it was bad, and, and they run. It was they they looked and ran so bad that it actually made you play worse because you couldn't see very well. So yeah. like they're leaving a lot of opportunities on the table when it comes to multi-platform games and and, and third-party relationships by having such inferior hardware. Um, because not only is it affecting their own first-party content, it's just making it's deterring other developers from saying, you know, we can put something on that platform that could actually run pretty well. And that's why so much of the Switch catalog, not just first party, but in general, is relegated to a lot of these very cartoony looking games or 2D pixel art games, you know, like that that's the best they can do. Anything more than that is asking for a lot. And eventually, and we're kind of potentially seeing it already, is that is going to impact the ability to fulfill an artistic vision. Um, some companies are going to try to push through it. Some of them are probably making more concessions than we know. And it's just unfortunate that that has to be a factor in 2022. That's un- yep. that's unacceptable. Like I get, again, we talked about the sales. I get it. You don't want to, you don't want to hop off this wave while it's, it's still doing its thing and you're making so much money. But at the same time, Again, you are leaving money on the table and relationships on the table. And there's no reason to let that happen when you can do something about it. So that's why I hoped we'd get a Switch Pro. Like, okay, you don't want to leave the Switch brand behind just yet? Well, then at least give people a better option and give developers an option. Don't just hamstring all of us and hold us hostage on this bad hardware. And then, God forbid, when they announce the the true successor to the Switch, what, what... what kind of hardware limitations is that going to have? Is that going to be like right. running PlayStation three or four games? Is that going to be that, yeah. like, that degree of fidelity or capabilities? Like how, you, you can't keep being multiple generations behind in hardware capabilities. You gotta, you gotta catch no. up. I know it's expensive, but you gotta catch up. I think a lot of people will argue is like, well, games like Zelda and Mario and those games don't need to be like one of the best looking games because of the art style. And and I agree, agree but that's not those aren't the only games coming out on this platform. Again, I bring up Pokemon. I'll bring up Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I'll bring up other games that 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 should like Bayonetta. Like, sure, those games. All, those other games don't, but these games need that hardware upgrade. They need to, to. They need that. They need the. They need. They need to be able to do what they need to do in order to make the best game possible without making concessions that are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. Bayonetta three looking like a PlayStation two game at times. I'm sure that wasn't their goal. 
you know, that, <laughs> let's let's make out let's make this game out to be one of the worst games I've ever seen. Like that's not <laughs> yeah. what they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've literally so, had games that don't even run in HD. Like that's 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 ridiculous. You can't get to 480p I, in 2022. You got a problem. Yeah, Ar- I'm sorry. Ar- I mean, Arch has ran sub 720. Uh, there was one uh, game. I don't remember what it was. It might have been one of the. Um, it was uh, No More Heroes Three. Which one was it? No More Heroes Three. Oh yeah, that one ran at at two seventy six p. That's not that's not hyperbole. <laughs> that was literally the resolution. That's yeah. the exact resolution. Yeah. Come on, man. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, let's get into the third and final low. Uh, Nintendo's biggest franchises still kind of MIA. In 2022, from the delay of Tears of the Kingdom to complete silence on Metroid Prime 4, uh, the next entries into the highly anticipated Mario and Donkey Kong franchise is just kind of a where are they sort of year. Um, And we talked, you know, earlier about, you know, Nintendo will go at Nintendo's pace and but their pipeline will usually, you know, meet expectations nowadays, but it still doesn't make this problem less of a problem you know so talk to me about this and 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 explain to me why this was such a detrimental part of their year in your opinion look zelda the the time between uh breath of the wild and when uh tears of the kingdom comes out it will be the longest time that a main mainline zelda went without another game coming out behind it as crazy as that may sound, that is absolutely the truth. That's a fact. When you look at Mario Odyssey, it's it's encroaching. It's very close to, to that as well. I mean, Mario Odyssey came out in 2017. Yeah. I mean, we're we're going to be six years, and we're nothing on the next big Mario game, Donkey Kong of Tropical Freeze. How long ago did that come out? And by the way, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze was an incredible platformer. Like, absolute it was amazing platformer. It was <laughs> <laughs> exactly so it's just one of those things where i get it you know yeah. it's cool to pull out a game and be like boom comes out in three months suck my dick right if that's probably what they say i don't mm-hmm. know i don't speak japanese but uh i i think that ultimately for me uh it's just it's been too long it's been too long if it's two or three years be- between and they they do that they 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 whip it out like that but six years Seven years, maybe, by the time we hear about any of those games. It's way too long. And sure, Mario hasn't been completely out of the picture with with uh, with Strikers and, and Rabbids. But, you know, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about these mainline games that are the pillars of of the Nintendo uh, franchises, right? They're the, they're the things that make these systems go. And yet here we are. Luckily, they've they've run into a lot of good games, first party games, but we're about to reach a point here where there is no Xenoblade Chronicles Four in the near future. You know, there there is none of those games. No, no more Mario Rabbids. Uh, Bayonetta Four is a far away. The next Pokemon game is probably further away than we think it is. Yep. Now it's the year that we have to see these games come out. We have Tears of the Kingdom. We have a date on that. That's exciting. That's great. But we need more, man. We need. We, I I. Mar- Nintendo can't afford, regardless of how, they, how good of a company they are and, and the lineage behind them, they can't afford to have a down year when other companies are going to be ramping up. Xbox is ramping up. PlayStation is not going anywhere. They, they still have bangers coming. And then you, you can't fall by the wayside and not have anything that is third party that's not coming to your, uh, to your console, but then have none of their, your pillars coming out or not m- m- many of them, like just the one, if anything. Yeah. So it's it's a weird it's weird because again we know that they keep things close to the pot to, to the chest but this is a little too close mm. it's suffocating you're suffocating them okay let them go let them breathe a little bit <laughs> all right <laughs> here's the thing 
you're right. This year was, you know, they kind of unloaded the clip when it came to a lot of first party titles. And that's great. It's great to see that for Nintendo. But you are right in that now it's like, okay, now what? And now that answer is a little bit muddy because it's like, all right, Zelda and dot, dot, dot. And there's just no real indication as to what comes after that. And that's really strange. Now, um, you know, Fire Emblem, that, you know, that kind of tier of a game that does help. It it is it is a good thing to kind of kick off the year with next year. Um, So I'm glad we got an announcement on that. But that's not S tier stuff. You know, that's not your like you said, the pillars of Nintendo. You, listen, the thing is, you got Mario coming to the big screen, which we didn't talk about that as a high, but I guess that'd probably be like a walk-on that I'd add. Is like, you know, they're, they're making that transition, and it's looking pretty good so far. But now you got to have something to accompany this. And if you're just going to point people to Mario Odyssey, which came out in 2017... And which they have been doing that, which is what? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you wanted Mario Odyssey, you probably got it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, by and large. I don't think anyone's going to see a Mario movie going, who is this Mario guy? Like, everybody knows Mario. So, you know. Mario? Yeah. You already got this exposure down. So now you need to have something there waiting for people. It reminds me of The Last of Us. Putting out that remake a couple months before the show starts in January. Smart move. You have that synchronization going. And now it it all kind of functions together in this well-oiled machine. You need something like that next year and i'm worried that you know because we didn't hear anything this year that it might mean we're gonna have a long it might be one of those drought kind of years for nintendo next year hopefully not i would love to see at least donkey kong give me give me give me donkey kong and zelda and and fire emblem and i'd say okay those three games okay i can take that this year Uh, but i I, not having a new mario announcement ah, that's that's weird and they could easily easily next year be like oh Mario and Donkey Kong games are coming out this year. Sure, that can easily happen. That's going to be amazing. But as it stands, 2022, we're reaching the end of the year. No word on any of those things. And like you said, it's a, for me, it's a little concerning. And the fact that we know about Metro Prime 4 and that they decided not to really talk about it is also a little bit kind of weird, too. It's like, ah, man, they're just not talking about anything. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. Before we get to our grades, Pablo, was there anything else we didn't cover? Highs, lows, mids, anything that you want to add in before we move on? No, I think honestly we struggle a little bit with our highs and lows because Nintendo's been so consistently uh they've been consistent in their on their output of first party games that it, it's it was hard to really talk about them in a in a in a negative light, but also give them too much credit because there are certain things that we definitely need to talk about in that sense. But yeah. you know, sales stuff is good. But no, not, not, nothing that I want to add or or or, or take away uh, out of these conversations. Okay. I think that we've we, we've done a pretty good job in covering that. All right. Well, then let me kick it back to you again. Uh, let's get to yeah. the grades, dude. Tell me what your grade was for Nintendo last year, for comparison's sake, and then give me your grade for them this year and tell me why. Yeah, last year was tough for them. I had a D D minus for 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 Nintendo. <laughs> they, they, last year was a tough year for them for sure. Yeah. Um, this year is a lot better, man. I'm at a B minus. I think that the the, the strength of of Splatoon, Xenoblade Chronicles, Kirby, Mario, Arceus, and even my enjoyment of Pokemon uh, Scarlet, uh, I, I think that those games are are really really good. And I think if any other 
if any other uh, Xbox would would hope, would pray to have a lineup like this. PlayStation 2. You know, PlayStation had a good year, but, you know, with, with three major releases, if they could have had more, like like, like Nintendo has, it, 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 I'd be hard-pressed to, to give them anything less than that for me, uh, though uh, I'm at a B-minus for that, yeah. uh, for all those reasons. So they ended up being your highest rated out of the big three. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had them at B-minus, you had Sony at a C-plus, and Xbox at a D. Um, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's actually fair. Okay. I think when you look at the quality and the output of some of these games, uh, I think that that's that's perfect. That's my ranking. That would be my ranking for for them. It'd be Nintendo, Sony, uh, and and um, and uh, Xbox there at the end. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So last year I gave uh, Nintendo a D. Uh, this year I'm going C plus. I think they had a slightly above mid year in my opinion that's because of the 50 50 split in the games that yeah. uh turned out well and the games that underwhelmed i think that really um again the potential for an a this year was through the roof but i think they fell yeah. short and it's uh, very abundantly clear to me that hardware limitations and just some some miscues with some of their game direction with certain titles uh just left something to be desired this year uh, and the hardware limitations are just becoming more and more prevalent and undeniable. Uh, but despite that, I had a really good time with a lot of games this year that we'll be talking about for sure in Game of the Year discussions. And I think overall, um, you know, their success from a sales standpoint and just their, uh, their, their Nintendo Direct showcases that really set the stage for this year and beyond, despite some things that we're still waiting to hear from the MIAs, uh, I think left me feeling... Pretty good about Nintendo. Uh, not great, not over the moon, but not awful about them either. So that's kind of why I'm sitting in the middle uh, with a uh, C plus. And for me, that um, that leads to my results being uh, coming in first would be PlayStation, uh, second would be Nintendo, and third would be Xbox. Xbox, what are you doing, man? Come on, man. You got you got to do better than this. Um, it's just sad to see them at third place, man. It's just weird, but somebody's got to be last. I guess it's got to be them, but. Yeah, it, it, it's the grade because it's a perfectly. They could have easily been like Sony A plus, uh, Nintendo A minus, and Xbox B plus. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it, it's the grade. It's a D for Xbox, and the fact that for me, N- Sony and Nintendo just had so much better years. It's it, it's almost they unfair. had games to play in terms of their output. They have games, <laughs> yeah. you know. Gotta have games, man. Yeah. Um, but that is going to do it for our uh, year in review for Nintendo, as well as the other consoles. We will do a uh, review for all of the major third parties in a future episode, so stay tuned for that when we get to it. Uh, but until then, that's going to wrap up this week's show. So until next time, give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this, and follow us on our socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Hive at It's Cool Down Time. So we'll always be in your FOV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Enjoy that turkey sandwich. (laughs) Make me feel good.